Welcome to another exciting edition of the Dr. Funk Podcast. And now, here's your host, Dr. Funkenberry. Welcome everyone to the Dr. Funk Podcast. Thank you so much for subscribing to us on YouTube, on Stitcher, on Podbay, letting everyone know about us, posting it in all your groups, telling your mama about us. Tonight, we're going to be talking about head. <laughs> we're going to talk about the Dirty Mind album. <laughs> the Dirty Mind album. See, got you in there. Got me already in there thinking about head. And I'm going to have with me my special guest co-host, actor and musician, Kelvin Brown. Yes, I am here to talk about a dirty mind. With your sister. <laughs> no. 37 years. Wow. 37 years this album came out. Wow. Now, this is after For You, you know, which was a modest success with Soft and Wet. Then after his first main hit with I Want to Be Your Lover on the Prince record. And then they were kind of marketing Prince through Right On Magazine and all that as a little teen star. And what does Prince do with Dirty Mind? Oh, this ain't for the little girls. This record right here, before we even start on this, I just want to let you and the listeners know that this is number one on my list. I wasn't old enough. You know, I was a little little child when this came out. But I'm going to tell you something. This record is Prince's most defining record, most record that I most listened to more than any other record of his. All the musicians that I know, all of them, we all, we talk about Dirty Mind. We could talk about this for hours mm -hmm. because this record is just so risque as far as uh, he was getting away with stuff. This is 80, you say? This is 80? And the stuff that he was saying on here, this is before N.W.A., Snoop Dogg, and anybody else that was doing anything risque, this dude was doing it. I mean, for heaven's sake, he got on draws on the cover of the, of the thing with a trench coat. Yes. <clears throat> now, on two, two versions of the album I have, first we have the one that says featuring a hit single, Uptown, album contains language which may, which may be unsuitable for some listeners. This was in 1980. There's another one that says the same thing without the Uptown sticker in another one. Wow. Now, that was in 1980. So this is before the parental advisory sticker yes, was even which created. he helped create. Yeah. Which he, he helped create. Exactly. Now, this album, when he turned into Warner Brothers, they wanted to give him his record contract back. That's how much they didn't want to release it because they felt it was so different than the Prince album and that he was going to lose people. You know, I can see why they thought that. You know, look, I mean, just his appearance, he changed everything. But like everybody at every point in their life, you got to go balls to the wall and make a decision and right. go with something. It's a little different. Look, man, when we start getting into these songs, we can start getting in. I'm very excited. I'm, I'm very, very excited to talk about Dirty Mind mm -hmm. because this record here, it's just, it is so important. If you're not a Prince fan, 
and you're just starting to get into Prince, this is the record that has probably influenced. If it hadn't been for this record, you would have never heard of Purple Rain. You would have never heard the 1999s. You would have never heard. You wouldn't have heard nothing else. This record is probably the most defining record of his entire catalog. It helped kick down a lot of doors for sure and open up a, a bunch of them afterwards after he kicked it through. You know, yes. Because they had controversy, they had 1999. All of this said, I'm not going to be that teen star. I'm not the Farrah Fawcett hair. Forget what you hear. This is where it's about. It wasn't no, it wasn't no I want to be your lover no more. I am your lover. And you give me hate. <laughs> Dirty Mind for sure. And the videos, live performance ones of Dirty Mind, of Uptown. You know there had to be more shot than just that. You know? But that look, the trench coat, the bikini briefs, sometimes wearing a handkerchief around the neck, little bandana, the, now, the stockings. Now, what I remember about <coughs> this era when I was a child is one of the things is my cousin, my mm -hmm. shout out to my cousin Alice, if you're listening, but uh, she loved Prince. I mean, I was a little kid and I was, I mean, I have to, honestly, I was weirded out by this. I didn't know what to think. Uh, this Listening to this record, as I got older, I didn't realize. I just didn't. I just didn't know how dope this dude was. So you know, it's this is. I mean, they all got on as we opened up the inside. You know, you got the band before they were uh, known as the Revolution, right? And uh, we got Fink, Dez, Bobby Z, Andre, Lisa. And uh, man, and I just, mean, they had this 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 funky, funky weird thing happening, right? And I was actually told by uh, this one cat told me that out here, I don't know what the name of the place was in Los Angeles, but they said when he first came in, and he had on the French the trench coat and the and the drawers and the and the leggings, everybody was a bit taken back, right? But the girls were going nuts, right? He was, uh, I guess back then they used to perform at roller roller skating rinks. He did. You know what that, that first one you know what that rink was called by any chance? Off the top of my head, I can't remember right now, but that was his first appearance. A lot of people think it was the Roxy. It's not true. It was at a roller rink. Yes, I heard about this before. Right. Many people have told me about this performance. And they said he ripped the stage and he was doing all that stuff. And they said... That the next day, cats was rocking what he was rocking. Dudes was wearing that, walking around with the draws and the and the and the, the black draws and the in uh, the stockings. In the stockings, I and I I just the you, you, you got to say like this is amazing. I mean, here he is taking this gigantic risk. Do you know the the? I mean, literally, no pun intended. The balls he had to to have. To do this. The purple rocks. You talk about sure. no fear. You putting yourself out there like that. Right. But boy, did he come with the music. Boy, did he come with the music. If you was caught up in this and you couldn't hear what was going on, you was, 
you, you just you just didn't know what was going on. You weren't funky. Yeah, you That's just it. didn't know nothing about nothing. He was just so ahead of his time. And this, you see, <clears throat> again, produced, arranged, composed, and performed by Prince. Recorded somewhere in Uptown. And we hear this is in the basements. Wow. One of his first recordings. Engineered by Jamie Starr, which was him. So a lot yes. of people didn't know at the time. It's the first time Jamie Starr ended up on the record because he didn't want to have everything be Prince. And then remixed by Prince, Mike Guzeski and Bob Mockler, and Hollywood Sound Recorders of California, Assistant Ron Garrett, mastered by Bernie Grumman. Wish you had done the Purple Rain Deluxe set. That's for another podcast. <clears throat> then Alan Bielo with the photography, personal management, the booking, Dr. Fink, and a special shout out for the synthesizer on Dirty Mind and Head. And he's the co writer of Dirty Mind. Lisa Coleman vocals on Head. And special thanks to God, Jamie, and Steve, Fink, Bobby Z, Andre, Dez, Lisa, Gail. West Direct, Mo Austin from Warner Brothers, Tom Draper, Cortez T, and the baddest promotion staff around. When they used to promote him because he wasn't going to pay the big bucks yet. Fred Moultrie, Lee Phillips, Bob and Joe, Cynthia Horner, Kim, Nick, Debbie, Domenico, Rob Marcher, Fred Lapin, Dave, Chip, Paul, and Stevie M, Nina, Joni, and you. And Joni, of course, was an ode to Joni Mitchell. The direct family address of uh, North Hollywood, California, which I find hilarious. But this record changed it all. Like I said, Warner Brothers had so little faith in it. They were like, you can have your record contract back. And then they decided to send out a few copies ahead to radio stations and to critics. And they loved it. The critics is what saved this album. Like and were, almost, and, and technically, they saved his career because they were going to give him back the record contract. We may not have heard Prince, but it was released in October, and they got that probably these copies August September. It was already starting to make top ten list for the year before it was even released. Wow! So it made Warner Brothers go, "Okay, let's put it out, limited promotion. Let's see what happens," and then. From the start of the record, Dirty Mind. And just, that was it. Which, uh, which you can actually argue and make a good argument that Dirty Mind, this album, influenced Jump in uh, Van Halen. Van Halen. Listen to those chord progressions for my music people out there. And we know the rockers loved some Prince. Yes, listen the to the rockers were all on the Prince. And the, what's interesting is the first radio station to break Prince on Los Angeles was not Power 106, was not Kiss FM. It was K-Rock. Wow. Rodney on the Rock was playing the Dirty Mind album and started playing Controversy in heavy rotation for the Controversy album. So K-Rock, an alternative radio station out here, Broke Prince. Now, I heard this, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that he turned this in as demos for the next record. They thought it was demos. Oh, they, were they like, thought it was they, demos. They were like, these, these are demos. He's like, no, no, this, this is the, the record. This is the finished product. They thought that that was just how it sounded. You know, like, oh, this is the demos. Okay, yeah, we'll yeah, wait for yeah. that. He's like, no, this is the album. 
they were like, what? This record is so raw. I mean, like, if you, if you're, shout out to the guitar players out there, all the guitar players who know, the musicians who know, when you record in this, you could, you could hear everything that, where he was going as a musician in this. This was the foundation. This was the birth of the, of the super rock star that he was. Now, granted, you know, we had other songs like Bambi and other things where he was killing it on the guitar. But right. this was so raw, so edgy. And this is when he came off the tour. This is right when he was on tour. Was he, he was coming off the tour with Rolling Stones and then, or was he... Not yet. Had he, had he Not yet. yet. That was around controversy. Okay. But this is with the Rick James tour. Okay. This is a Rick James tour. Okay. Now when he started doing this stuff, yeah. Like did the Prince tour and he came off of that. And this album was, this was the next step. No leopard wow. print bikini briefs, but now you just have black bikini briefs and a trench coat. Oh. And you have the Dirty Mind video. You have the Uptown video for it. And then what's great is, thankful to whoever put it out, you know who you are. The New York shows and the Paris shows of the Dirty Mind tour yes. being out there. Now, it's just so funny to me because, you know, in Paris, the crowds were different than in America yes, where they were yes. grooving. They would just stare and watch him. And that's just how they were. And they were in amazement. But Prince is like, not expecting you're from the US to expect crowd participation. He feeds off the energy. And I would love in that video of a live performance in Paris. Where it's like, come on, you peckerheads, get yeah, up. Yeah, 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 Let's yeah. Try yeah, yeah. clap. He's like, wake the hell up, man. And they still, Paris is just a different crowd. That's why when Maite, years later, jumped into a crowd, no one caught her ass, and she landed on her butt. That, they, that works in the U.S. It don't work in Paris. They're like, you're on your own, girl. Now, Dirty Mind, in your daddy's car, it's you I really want to drive. Woo! Woo! Whenever I'm around you, babe, I get a dirty mind. Now you tell me, in this day and age, you go up to a girl and you say that, you're gonna get a drink thrown in your face. You're gonna get slapped. They're gonna swipe left on your ass. I'm gonna tell you, Prince, he got away with it, dude. He got away with it. He wow. got game. Even then, even with the dirty hair that look like I hadn't been washed in two weeks, he was gonna get your girl. Better keep Prince away from your girl. Wow. And just wow. the screams that were becoming Prince, starting into that sound. Yep. Bam. The lyrical content, though, he was on it. And he know uh, he he knew how to speak to the ladies in a way that I mean, like a, I mean, this dude taught me game, man. He taught me game. Damn. I'm learning from. I mean, he might be the original. He might be the original pimp. <laughs> I mean, as you were talking about later with these outfits and the guys wearing it, it sounds like out of the Chappelle skin. Dude, it was like for real. It was unbelievable the influence that I've heard. You know, like I hear these guys that were around during that time tell me about when he broke and how influential he was even then in the eighty, yeah. in the eighty. You know, AT, yeah. not eighties, in the eighty. Right. <laughs> he was breaking it around. You had a Republican president. You had people that were very conservative. And here was this black man, for all intents and purposes, 
just wearing a trench coat and bikini briefs. And I'm sure when mothers everywhere were like, oh, no, 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 you're not bringing that record in. It's I mean, like, this unreal. You had to hide that. That was a dirty little secret. Prince was your dirty little secret. I'm going to tell you, this This record, I mean, let's just, I mean, Dirty Mind, killing track. I don't know how these things scored on the on the charts, but it, didn't do too it doesn't even matter. It didn't sell over a million until after Purple Rain came out, but then you followed up with When You Were Mine. One of the dopest songs ever written, if you, uh, if you are a beginning Prince fan or you're just learning about him, you got to go back. You got to listen to When You Were Mine. You got to listen to this whole record, but When You Were Mine, great song, which was covered by Cindy Lauper. Yeah, it was a huge hit for her. Just like yes. with Shaka's I Feel For You. Yes. Being from Prince's Prince album. When You Were Mine, it just went there, you know? Used to wear all my, all my clothes. Man. You know, all this other stuff. It's just, I know that you're going with another man. Don't care. Love you, baby. That's no lie. And then, just like a train... Like, just you, the visionary that Prince was and the lyricist that he was becoming. Just wow. the pure genius that was put into it, these lines. <clears throat> you know? And then, albeit, these other females later on would have major success with the songs because how he was crossing over to where you didn't know. Was he black or white? Was he straight or gay? Because he was playing these little games. And he had you up in it. Now, keep in mind, he used to wear all your clothes... Well, you're just borrowing his bikini briefs and his trench coat then, right? You weren't borrowing a, a football jersey or nothing. <laughs> I don't think Prince ever... I know he had hockey jerseys. I don't think he ever had like a Vikings jersey. He I didn't always wonder that. if it was because of his size that he could never get any clothes that were... Uh, you know, he had to go to the, to the ladies' spot. Oh, Lord. You know. You never know. I mean, he had that body, five foot two. Yeah, because I mean, what, 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 you know, what was fitting him? What were they making the clothes for? The guys that were like five, eight, five, ten, or that's probably little boys' crap too. Yeah, so he probably saw the ladies' clothes. Oh, he's, all he had it then. All he had, at least when I was freaking like that, that size, I had like the tiger, the tiger shirts. Hold that tiger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he didn't have nothing else. But he had Superman and Batman. Shirt. Oh wait. So he took it. That's that's called that's called uh, that's called taking lemons and making lemonade. Yes, but it, it worked for him. It created definitely. this, created everything. This this whole style, this shocking style, created everything. Even though he was naked on the cover of uh, uh, Riding the Horse, so I that think he always had that wildness in him. Yeah, maybe maybe this was him being conservative. <laughs> yeah. That day and age of Reaganomics about to kick off. Then you have Do It All Night. That was a jam. Do okay. it, do it. Do, do it all night. Yeah. So he goes from Dirty Mind to When You Were Mind to Do It All Night. Man. Again, do it. now, the lyrical content, well, so far, you're kind of like, this is kind of tame for 1980, you know? And you just go into it, but nowadays it's kind of tame. You have do it all night. Yeah, yeah. Then you follow it up with the brilliance of got a broken heart again. Then he then did all this stuff with you. He even got freaky. He had a dirty mind. He, he y'all broke up, and then he got back together with you. And then y'all did it all night. 
And then, girl, you done broke his heart. And then he goes in the lab and he comes with that just killer. It's a killer song. And he's broke because he spent all his money on a long distance phone call. But that's yeah. that's before yeah the T Mobile. Yeah, that wasn't, it wasn't no cell phones back then. Oh no, yeah, rack up the bills. He, all, he had to put it. He was begging. Yeah, if she lived out of the six one two area code, he was he was he was racking it up, right? You know, just one lousy dime. You no, know? then you kick off the second side after being sad. Guy broken heart again, man. Uptown. 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 It's a cloud. Man, Uptown is a crowd pleaser. Our clothes, our hair. We don't, we don't care. care. It's all about being there. And then there it goes again. White, black, Puerto Rican, everybody, everybody just, just a, a freaking. Now, Dude, you have to go in the there. The times is rolling. Girl coming up to him, are you gay? No, are you? I took me by surprise. You know, because again, you're talking about the outfits, and she, I'm not gay. I'll show you how gay I am. Let me take you home. Yep. I'll show you what's up. Take you home. And Uptown was just that vibe, man. And it just had a lot of people, the freaks, that didn't feel they belonged. Yeah, yeah. That were just different. Prince was their Prince hero. Prince was their guy, yeah. I want to go to Uptown. I want to be there. It's where I want to be. Uptown was very, very, that was a potent song. And it's I mean, still, still to this day, you know, it's a potent song. I love it. Every time I hear that, seconds. I'm like, wow. No. And that killer, uh, that killer riff, which is, that that's that's killer. Yes. On just the amazing. And the guitar, just oh. And you know that could have went on for longer than five minutes. Oh yeah, come seconds. on, man. This is this is a dirty mind, man. This album is. I'm telling y'all again. This is this is it. If we can get a remaster, remaster, Warner Brothers, remaster. And put out is, like a dirty mind show with it. Oh my god, yeah. Put the DVD out. Uptown. And just I would love, love when you add those to the set list. Albeit, of course, in the later years, Dirty Mind, not so much. When your mind will be up in there. God Broken Heart Again, my favorite version will be on the One Night Alone tour. Okay, okay. You know, doing all night. It really wasn't added on too much. Now, speaking of songs, he would sometimes do it instrumental, but he wouldn't do it in later years, but Head. Man, oh man, you want to talk about a juggernaut. Head. This was like, this was like a dirty, this was like a dirty comedy album, this song was for people. Who else was doing this? Who else, who else put out something like that, Head? Not Michael Jackson. <laughs> Not Rick James. Not even Rick James. Not even Rick. This mug came from Head. And I heard that he had wrote this song a long time ago. And they used to use it as a warm-up uh, in a sound check for the tour that he did uh, opening up for Rick James. Right. Now, these lyrics. Come on. She's on her way to be wed. Yes. And I came on a wedding gown, dog. Hey, I I had to jump to that. I had to jump to there. He said he came on her wedding gown. Do you understand that he came on her wedding gown? You gotta listen to the song before Bill Clinton, before Monica Lewinsky. Now, albeit, you know, we're going up and we're like, wait, 
girls give guys head. We don't give girls head. We're all mixed up in that. Well, no, girls can get head too. And Prince apparently was the brother that I teach with them. And 20 years later, P. Diddy was like, see, yeah, we don't do that stuff. See, right there, he put you on game back in the day. He was letting you know you got you to gotta take care of the lady. And if you took care of her, that's why he, he, he knew what he's doing. That, that might have been his secret. He told you his secret early on, back in the day. He's like, morning, noon, and night, girl. I'll give you head. I'll give you head. Now, that's it. If your head game's strong and you're bringing the other thing, it's like, wait, he's giving me head. And now he's bringing good dick, too? He, he's bringing... He's bringing See, he dick. knew he knew that nobody else might have been the, like everybody else scared. I'm, I'm gonna take you somewhere, girl. I'm gonna take you somewhere. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He came on her wedding gown. Just listen to that lyric. She was on her way to be wed. You fool. She married him instead. Now morning, noon, and night. You get her head. Wow. Burning up till she get enough head. Now that is in Desperate Need of a Remaster. When that hits version comes on, but Jeremiah, I'm glad that Faux Fur and other people have remade their versions. But man, I need it cleaned up. Just, I want a remastered version in good quality. So you can get some good heads. Did he say that he would do it somewhere? He would do it in a movie theater. And what else? That was, we're going to get to that. But that would be on later on, Jackie Woth. That would be on. Did he say something about. Maybe that's another song, but he said he'd do it in a cemetery. Yes. That was on Let's Work, the extended version. Even a cemetery, girl, I don't care. See? Let's work. Now, we, we, we might be jumping. I might be jumping a gun, but that lets you know that he had the next level it on the next record. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Morning, noon, and night. I give you that. Now you're like, uh-oh, 1980. Now we understand why that mature audience thing is on the label. For real. This dude, four minutes and forty seconds ahead. Is there a, is there a long version of this anywhere? There's got to be in the vault. Maybe there's some video that goes with it too. You never know. You seem like you're putting a lot of pressure on whoever's running the vault. It sounds like no. I feel a little pressure from you. I can help out with it. I don't, you know, fly me out on the weekends. We'll go to Perkins, have a, have a powwow, and let's go in there and get to it. And we'll get some pros to get this stuff out because the fans need it. His legacy needs it. They need to know more than just 1999, Purple Rain, and Sign of the Times. And now Sign of the Times is out to it. Before, it was just 1999, Purple Rain. We got to get them on the Diamonds and Pearls tip, on the Symbol tip, Emancipation tip, Third Eye Girl tip, all of it. Well, let me let me throw this out for you. Maybe you should do one of those UCLA extension classes about about Prince. I think that would be a good idea. I think you have some people show up, and you can get some students. They get their little credit, and they learn about the genius that he is. I mean, you might be the one. You may be the chosen one, young man. As long as it's UCLA, sign me up. We got it. I can't be USC. UCLA all day, huh? Man. You gotta feel bad for UCLA until until their football team starts doing really well. Let's give UCLA some love. Okay, shout out right? to UCLA. You know, you know, you know, per, uh, uh, blue and yellow makes purple. Yes, nah, it really makes green, but it's all good. Hey, <laughs> as I used as I used to tell Prince, one of my favorite things is I could say we're colors purple and mine's blue, but together we make a lot of green. So I look at it like that. 
Okay. I'd love to help okay. them develop and make a lot of green for the purple. Now, phone up head. I don't know. You're like, you're feeling head. You're like, yeah, uh. Then he talks about having, he talks about sister and having sex with his sister. Which is a driving, driving rock. Just guitar, just driving. Like he made sure from the get-go, as soon as head starts, you have this. My sister's yeah. only 16 loose. And then talks about how blowjob really didn't mean blow. Wow. Oh, motherfucker, she's a motherfucking incest is everything that's said to me. Wow. Am now, I? do you know what an outrage this would be for somebody to write about incest in a on a record nowadays? They would be done. They'd have no career. It'd be done. This is this is unbelievable. And during that time period, from what I understand, in the seventies and and there was some some wild stuff going on, especially during the hippie days. And so him addressing that, woo, that wouldn't have made my record. <laughs> I wouldn't have sang about that. No, even Rick James is like, yeah, I'm not going there. That's like, nothing wrong with this guy. Like I said, the ball's on this guy. No pun intended. Just makes me glad sometimes that I'm an only child because, yeah, I don't they have a no That, that one like right that. there, you know, every time I've listened to this record, and that was, that one was uh, a little uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Yeah. But um, I have to say, <clears throat> it drew you into who he was. He was giving you little nuggets of, Okay, you see, I'm not, you see how wild I am, but you got to understand that all of this sexual energy was around me growing up. So I guess that we, we're going to move on. I don't want to continue on this. This might be a little too deep. I think it's better just having Playboys around the house than talking about having sex with your sister and make sure you go we down that route. Really move on. This hey. might be a little too deep for me to now, you feel you're with sister, and you're like, huh? The first you're like, what? Then party up. Party up is a funk. Funk, a deli, killer. And he ends the album on that. And he gets political. And he gets political. We don't, you're going to have to fight your Man, own let damn me tell you, This dude right here. This dude right here. Prince is a man. Y'all need to give him a shout out. If you don't know about Prince, you need to get your game on point. And you need to go beyond Apple Music and Spotify because they ain't got all the stuff. You need to you need to analyze the wholeness of this genius. Cause what you you just you you just you just hitting little nuggets. There's just little nuggets out there. You ain't getting the fullness. If you get the fullness of this, you will be on here. You would you would be saying what I'm saying. You would feel the passion. <laughs> See, this is why I envy the new fans a little bit. This is why the people, and I want people to continue to keep discovering Prince forever. Not just when he was here. I want to discover forever. Because I remember going back and collecting all the other ones I didn't have mm -hmm. yet. And how much joy it got me to hear it for the first time. Like, I'm never going to have that again. But these people, when they hear Dirty Mind for the first time and this funk, I envy them. And, and when you listen to it, you got to listen to, listen to it from the beginning to the end. Now, 
I know that everybody is streaming and things, but you got to make sure, don't just click on it because it got a star next to it. That means you letting somebody else, you letting, you going against the values of Prince. That's, that's you letting somebody else determine what's good. You have to listen and choose for yourself. And I'm telling you, these type of albums made in these days were made for a full experience. That's why he goes through so many, there's so many emotions on here. This thing takes you on a journey out of this world. And this record in particular is like one of his shortest records. Yeah. Yes, it is. But Party Up and how that all came to be, apparently Morris Day wrote it. Morris Day. And he's like, yes. I got to have it. I'm going to, I'm going to give you, tell you what, you let me have the song, I'll put a group around you. It ended up being the time. Now what? is that... Is that one of the best trades of all time? That is one of the best trades of all time. Best trades of all time. Morris Day, for a song, got a band around him and that he still has a job to this day because of that. And if you ain't seen the time, you tripping. Y'all need to go out there and support them. Even with the halftime or part-time as they are now. Let me tell you. That's, that's, y'all already, I mean, if you don't know what came out of that band, it's some, some ridiculous funk made for some of the greatest records that have been the soundtrack of your life. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's, it's just amazing, man. Traded the song for a band. Wow. Party up. Lewis and Jimmy Jam was in the time. Yes. Monty Moe, Pleasure Principal. Jesse Johnson. Jesse, Jesse Johnson, Johnson, who is, who, who does not get his props on the guitar list right. when they do the Rolling Stone list or whatever. But let me tell you something. Jesse Johnson is up there with the greats. He is in my top 10 of guitar players. And you know, you know it's some, some, some people up there. And Prince is up there. But Jesse Johnson should be up there too because right. uh, they should not underrate his work on the guitar. Just craziness. This entire album, the only TV appearance he did, Saturday Night Live, Party Up. Party yes, Up. But we also got to give a shout out to, that came out of the time, is uh, uh, Jelly Bean. Jelly Bean Johnson. Jelly Bean, don't be so mean. Who also wrote Black Cat. Yes. It's one of my Janet, favorite Janet songs. Yes. So, and some stuff from Nona Hendrix, right? So, yes. uh, all of them guys were super talented. So, you, you, you know. And Prince wrote all the songs for the time, in case you didn't know. He played everything on it. And he played all the records. So, it's really not the time. But when they must took it live, woo! That's one thing he told me, Mr. Ric Flair. That's one thing he told me was... You know, the reason that cool when I do it live, when he was doing the Welcome to America tour and played afterwards, he's like, the reason cool sounds better when I do it is I was the one working the soundboard when they were touring. Wow. That's how I got the sound right on that. Now, keep in mind, he played everything on that album. If you listen closely on a really good system, you'll hear Prince underneath, underneath Morris's voice sometimes. He's just saying over it as I was back then. Wow. But he played everything. Everything. Prince is a bad boy, man. And this album just proved it. That this the 80s, is the album that proved it. The 80s were about to belong to Prince. There'd be some others, 
Michael, Madonna, George Michael for a hot minute. But Prince, the thing is, yeah, Michael released Thriller, Bad. That was it for the 80s. Okay? You had Dirty Mind, Controversy, 1999, Preach. Purple Rain, Preach. Parade, Sign of Times, Preach. Love Sexy, which is heavily Preach. underrated. And then one of the biggest selling soundtracks of all time, next to The Bodyguard and Purple Rain, the Batman soundtrack. Yes. Lemon Crush. You can say all you want about Michael and how he dominated everything. But, but Prince, Prince in the 80s, the amount of material that he was releasing. And just to know he wanted to release more and Warners wasn't down with it. Like That is wild. Like, and they couldn't keep up with them. Let's Work was originally Let's Rock from Controversy because it was about a dance style. But by the time the album was ready, that dance was out. Wow. Out. Wow. So just imagine all that. Dirty Mind. They gave him a new record deal after that. And, and you know, just think if he would have went a different way and stayed in the, the I want to be love, I want to be your lover mm-hmm. and all of that. That was great. But the 70s were leaving. And that, he knew it. And he knew it. And the, He had to the, change it. The funk of the 70s, he changed it with this. This was a new wave, punk, funky, just unbelievable record. And in my opinion, in my opinion, this, as I told you, it's my number one. Right. And then, you know, Sign of the Times. But... I would I would compare this record. It doesn't have the same sales as Thriller, but the way that people Michael Jackson, everybody says Michael Jackson, they think Thriller, which I always think off the wall. But right, uh, but this is this is Dirty Mind is Prince's Thriller for the regular folks. A lot of people would say 1999, but no, it's different. Just like I feel off the wall. Now I do see. I do understand where 1999 is. How somebody could compare that? Just because of. But I say musically, from a musical standpoint, standpoint, if he did not do this record, you wouldn't have got a 1999. See, I look at it like this: your mom wanted you to bring home, and your dad especially wanted you to bring home Michael. If you're bringing home somebody, yeah, 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 did not want you bringing home. No, Prince was a rebel. If you brought home Prince, you probably would get the stuff that was thrown at him at that he, Rolling Stone he was, he was the bad boy yeah. of black rock and roll, I guess you could say, you know. And who did we have? Rick. Electric Avenue. I mean, he didn't have a lot. This is... I, I would... I mean, I've never... You know, I know by later in his life, he didn't want to talk about this, you know, the past. I'm glad it's out there. Like he said, the past is the past. <laughs> right. I don't know if that was a good impression, but. He pushed the envelope <laughs> off the floor back then where he didn't need to push it anymore. Yeah, he did this. You know? And and I, and I like anybody in their life, you want to you wanna move forward to whatever you got coming next. But um, this right here, this moment in time of the Dirty Mind record is probably one of the most powerful records of his existence. And it's so interesting because guys still won't take that chance of dressing like that. No, Mr. nobody Rude would do Boy. this. Only 
the pretty reckless Taylor Momsen, the actress, her band, she comes out in fishnets, bikini briefs, and a trench coat. Totally jacking his style. Could you imagine in a in a world that we live in right now if this record would have came out? It would, we never would hear it. We would get in well, trouble. Well, he would have been. He would probably have been claimed by groups that he probably wasn't trying to. You know, wasn't lock him up. You yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have been on him. No, and not knowing that. But you, this was a time period where you were people actually had freer minds. Believe it or not, can you believe that musically people wanted something different? They desired a, they desired it, and he tapped into it. This is what next leveled him. This is what had him when he got on that tour with, uh, with the Rolling Stones and Rick right. James. You know, Rick James then Rolling Stones. This is what broke him apart of the Rick James comparison. He was on Mick Jagger's radar and a bunch of other people's radar. You know, rock people were loving this guy. He was. He started to be, become accepted as a rocker early on during this time. And so everything else comprehensively turned into who he really was. I'm sure Lenny Kravitz would agree that this was the album that made him want to do it. Just because you can tell. You got to. This, is, yeah. is this album is, is, yeah, definitely. This, this album is probably more in, influential on Lenny's sound than anything else. Mm-hmm. I'd have to say that. It's raw. Direct. You know, if some people don't understand that, but just plugging the guitar in directly mm-hmm. and recording. This is what he was doing right. on here. It wasn't overproduced. It was raw. He was giving it to you with whatever he had. If it was an amp, or he was just going straight to tape. You getting it. I'm going to bring the phone. I'm taking it to the meter. This ain't no digital recording. This is two inch, baby. And we we going we gonna to make this two inch pop. And Dr. Fink. With that synth, those synth lines, man. Jeez. I don't want to apologize for being hype about this record, but I'm hyped as a mother because this record is stupid funky. <laughs> man, I know people are just like wanting want us to end the show, so they can stop it and then listen to the Dirty Mind album, then come back and listen to this show again, then play Dirty Mind again. Well, you know what? They should do that because this is a very special record and. I hope, like all of his material, it gets the recognition that it deserves. And this is just hilarious to me because this is our 69th podcast of the Prince podcast. Oh, shucks. 69, and we're talking about I didn't the even mind. Exactly. Exactly. The lyrical content, he was ahead of his time. Some very taboo subjects. And I always wonder, you know, like I seen so a couple of pictures where he was, uh, uh, like they were trying different pictures, and I saw a picture of an album, maybe it was a shoot for to promote the record where he had one of the band members like a dog or yeah, those promotional posters that were used on leaving the controversy tour where it was shot around the Dirty Mind era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had them in there. I think it was Doctor Fink that was on the leash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you gotta understand how outrageous this is. You got the women rocking the panties. The 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 negligee girl do that. Camera songs. But I'm a, I'm a, I, I just want to say though too, and I don't know when Vanity Six was created. Uh, around Vanity Two. Okay. It was, but he got it, got her from Rick. But they were recording and stuff. But everything was coming out 
Yeah, the 1999 record the same year with Vandy Six and the time. I'm gonna tell you right now, this dude had man. If you ever do a show with his women, to get them all in one in a room will be hard. I know Jill would would come on and spill tea everywhere, but uh, she probably's got a lot of stories to tell. This guy is. Uh, he was a master, and uh, it's just hilarious to me that got a broken heart again. When you know this fool was dating like three, four girls at a time. It's but you gotta understand the whole heart. thing about women is if he's if he's Play the victim. If it's just anything that he uh, taught me how to do is even if you're talking to one or two or three or four, or maybe six, you can love them all. There's enough love to spread. So if one ain't doing right. He's sensitive, man. He got to use that. He got to write the songs. So if you got, yeah, of course, she done broke his heart. You know, his heart been broke a lot. You dealing with three, four women, man. You can't, maybe, maybe. I might be, I'm sorry, Prince, if I was keeping your numbers low. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you dealing with all these women, you know, you're going you gonna to be writing a lot of songs and you're going to have a lot of broken hearts. Well, it gives him a lot of material. Yes, he does. And I mean, I, I can't. I, I'm, I'm, I want to thank you for letting me be a part of this because as we've talked many times and I told you how important this record was to me, right. I listen to it. I tell people like, nah, I want, I want the guitars to sound like Dirty Mind or mm-hmm. I want that bass to be like this and that. And uh, I also want to give a shout out to, shout out to Andre Simone. Yes. Because Andre Simone is a man and I know his influence is on this record somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I just want to give a shout out to him. And uh, of course, the rest of the band, y'all are fantastic. But uh, there there had to be more than two videos recorded for this, right? Yeah, he, I thought he shot a whole show. Didn't he shoot a whole show? Or? Those are in there. We're talking about New York and Paris, but I want, there has to be more than just Dirty Mind and more than just Uptown. And then, only one TV appearance, Party Up on Sound Out Live. That was it. Now, uh, that appearance didn't come across, uh, I don't think, the way that he wanted it to. And they all just went off the stage, did it down with war, you know? But, uh, well, boy, this dude right here. I'm. Uh, thanks again for letting me be a part of this. I love Dirty Mind. I want to give a shout out to all the people in the band. And all the great work that you guys have done on everybody who's any worked with any of these records. I just personally want to acknowledge you as a fan because I know that even though he is the architect of all of this, he, all of those other people were helping him enhance and take it to the next level. So, mad love. Thank you so much, Kelvin, for for being here. Thank you guys again for listening. You can always uh, donate if you want. Go to the website as well, drfungaberry.com. The link on there to make it easy on you. Please subscribe on iTunes, through Stitcher, through Podbay FM. Get the word out about us. Post us in your Yahoo groups. Because some of these people are haters and they won't post for you. They want us to be your dirty little secret. Like Prince is your dirty little secret. We're still going to be here. Still annoying people. Getting stuff done. Because it needs to be. Much love, y'all. Thanks again, Kelvin. You're welcome, brother. Keep it funky. Till next time.